Hi, I'm Pastor Kim Teff. I'm one of the executive pastors at Illuminate Church. I want to welcome you. We're glad you're watching today. Uh, hey, I just want to say if you're watching for the first time to let us know. Just comment first time or something like that in the comment section. We'd love to just know that you're watching and where you're watching from. So just uh, make a comment and uh, let us know. We appreciate that. We are in a series called I Am, You Are. And we're looking at the places in the Bible that Jesus told about himself by saying I am. And what that means to you, you are. Because he is, you are. And I realized getting ready for this message that when someone says I am, it's pretty important what they say next. I am are two pretty important words. When my wife says I am, I'd best listen close what she says next. It's probably important. She might say, I am confused, I am upset, I am upset with you. I'm just saying, it's best if I listen close when someone says, I am. And Jesus gave us information about himself that we should pay close attention to when he said, I am. And we're talking about those words he gave us in this series. Pastor Tim said in week one of this series, if I can help you understand who God is, I can help you understand who you are. And the verse we're focusing on today is John 14, 6. Jesus gave us three I am's in one verse. And it's some of the most important words and most powerful words that Jesus ever said. And in my opinion, it's some of the boldest words that Jesus ever said. So let's read John chapter 14, verse 6. If you have your Bible, go to John 14, 6, or it'll be on the screen uh, here for you to follow along. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said three I am statements in one sentence. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And we're going to look at all three of those statements today. And I think when we hear John 14, 6, or we read that verse, most of us focus on the first part. I am the way. Because it's so important. It's one of the most important things Jesus ever said. I am the way. I mean, think about this. We needed a way. And God made a way. Jesus is the way. We needed a way for our sins to be forgiven. We needed a way to be made right with God. We can't do that by trying to be good or to do enough good things. No one is good enough to be made right with God. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. We needed a way to be made right with God. And the good news is God made a way. He gave us a way. So people had waited for their Savior to come, and Jesus comes along and told them, I am the way you've been waiting for. And he tells us today, I am the way you've been looking for. So thank God that he gave us a way. And I praise Jesus that he is the way. And you can receive and experience that way if you haven't already done that just by asking him to be your Lord and to be your Savior, to come into your heart and do that today. Receive him today. Receive the way. And Jesus also said in 14, John 14, 6, I am the life. And the life that Jesus talks about isn't just life as in breathing and a beating heart to be alive. It's the abundant life that only he can give us. It's the satisfying life that only he can give us. It's the fullness he gives that only he can fill. And all the other things of the world that we try to fill our lives with never satisfy. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. John 10, 10, 
Jesus says, I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. So abundant that it overflows. So abundant that it's satisfying. Like nothing else in the world can satisfy. And our mission at Illuminate Church is to help people find abundant life in Jesus Christ. And people are finding it every day. And people are growing in it every day. Jesus also said in John 14, 6, I am the truth. And that's really the key part of that verse that we're going to focus on the most today. Most of us, and I probably could say all of us, believe lies. We believe lies that are not true to be true. We've been deceived. We have an enemy, Satan and his demons, Satan and his legion. And their primary tactic, their primary strategy is lies and deception. And they're really good at their tricks. They don't have a lot of tricks, but they're very good at the tricks they do have. And they use the same tricks over and over and over again. They lie and deceive because that's their nature. It's who they are. It's what they do. Jesus called Satan the father of lies. And I think, boy, that's quite a title. Way back to the Garden of Eden, Satan tricked and deceived Adam and Eve into sin. And today, his tactic, his strategy is the same old, same old. He doesn't have a new trick. He just has new people and new opportunities to use his lies and deception on. He deceives people to believe lies about God, lies about the church, lies about other people, and especially lies about themselves. Because he knows if he can get people to believe lies about themselves, he can keep them from the power of God and the will of God. And I'll admit to you, I'm going to make a confession about my struggles. I've struggled, what I've struggled with the most in my life is the need to be perfect, to never make a mistake, to never disappoint someone else. And I've discovered with the help of professional counseling that the reason I feel that way is the way I'm wired. I'm wired to believe that if I disappoint someone else, they'll discard me. They'll write me off. They'll find someone else. I need to be perfect to have a lot of value to someone else. I can't make a mistake or they will see that I'm not perfect, that I have flaws, and then I'm disposable. I'm not valuable. And I have a lot of things going on in my life. I have a busy life. So how I can, how I can best explain it is, if you've ever seen the spinning plate trick uh, at, a, at, a, at a fair or a show where the performer spins plates on a stick and he gets one going and then he gets another one going until he has a lot of plates in the air. But the show is, by the time they all get spinning, one starts to wobble and the performer has to scramble to keep them all in the air and not fall. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes that's how my mind works. I think of all the things I have to do, all the responsibilities I have, all the things on my to-do list, and I think which one is wobbling. I used to wake up at night and start thinking. My mind would click on and I'd start thinking, is there anything I forgot to do? What's on my to-do list for tomorrow? What's on my list? Who do I need to make sure is satisfied with me? I have to be perfect. I can't make a mistake. I can't let one plate fall. And my counselor recommended a book for me to read on perfectionism. And I read something on page 143 of uh, the book that shocked me a bit. It scared me a bit. And this is what it says in the book. I'm actually going to read it to you uh, from a book I read. A chapter is called Hyper-Responsibility. It says, the issue here is the need to be perfect. If I am not perfect, I am nothing. If I am not perfect, I will be rejected. I will be abandoned. I know that I am not perfect, but if I try hard enough, no one else will know. All I have to do is everything, but please don't look under the rug. Can you feel the pressure just from reading that? 
You have to continue to be stressed in order to hang on. Therein lies the risk. Many super responsible people in order to stop have to get sick. It's the only way out and it's very predictable. They give and give and take more upon themselves until they no longer have anything left and they get sick. They cannot find an acceptable way to stop short of this. And when I read that, I said, I don't want that to be me. What do I need to do to change? God, how do I change? Will you change me? And as I prayed, I realized that the way I was like I was is because I was wired that way. It was natural for me. I had been like that for decades since I was young. But God said and God told me, you can rewire. That's the answer. I was having digestive problems due to years of stress, and some of those issues are still lingering. And one time when I was praying, I asked God to specifically heal me. I said, God, I've been dealing with this now for years, and I, I asked him to heal my gut. Will you do that now? And I heard him say to me, if that's all I do for you, you'll be shortchanged. And I knew when I heard that that a, that a miracle in my gut wasn't the cure to the original problem the main issue, the cause. So I started spending a lot of time in prayer about the issue. God, how do I rewire? I didn't know how. And immediately when I asked those questions, scriptures would come to me like, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I knew the answer. The answer was to renew my mind, to rewire my brain. The answer is not only in the Word of God, the answer is the Word of God. So when Jesus said, I am the truth, he is saying, I will set you free. The truth can replace and rewires the lies you believe, and I am the truth. All of us, in some form, and I know some people's lives are more affected by it than others, believe lies about ourselves. And the reason we believe those lies is because we've been deceived. We've been tricked and lied to. And now we believe it to be true. We believe it to be true about ourselves. All of us, from the time we were very, very young, from early childhood, start the process, start to process information we receive in our brains. We, we process words and statements that are said to us. We process things that happen to us. And we process that information, good and bad, into beliefs. Beliefs about our world, beliefs about other people, and beliefs about ourselves. Those events and words begin to wire our brain at a very young age, starting when we are an infant. And by the time we're 8, 9, or 10 years old, our brains are wired or pre-programmed to respond to situations that come up again in our lives. And our beliefs, based on past input, impact our actions today. What we believe to be true impacts the decisions and choices we make in life today. If we believe something to be true long enough, even if it's not true, it becomes a stronghold. A stronghold impacts how we act. It becomes part of the way we're wired. And the enemy knows if he can create strongholds in our mind, if he can get us to believe lies that we think are true about God, about the church, about ourselves, then he can keep us away from God's power and keep us apart from God's will. He can steal and destroy our future and our destiny and our purpose. And he creates strongholds that are difficult to change, but here's the good news. The strongholds in our lives are difficult to change, but not impossible. Because the power of Jesus is greater and stronger than any lie we believe or any way we are wired. So today I want to talk to you about how to expose the enemy's lies, 
how to rewire our brain and our thinking so that we can break the strongholds and live the abundant life of freedom that Jesus came for us to live and desires for us to live. It all starts in our minds. Proverbs 23.7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. In Pastor Craig Grishel's book, Winning the War in Your Mind, he says, Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if we want our lives to change or be better, it starts in our minds. It starts with our thoughts. Because if we think we can't, we won't. If we think we'll fail, we won't try. If we think we're a victim, we'll become a victim. If we think we're not good enough, we won't even attempt to do what we don't believe we can do. You cannot achieve big things if you believe small things about yourself. Most of us fail not because we can't do something, but because we won't do something because we believe we'll fail. Many of us are prisoners in our own minds, and we're in bondage because of our minds. It reminds me of a story I've heard about elephants at a circus, a traveling circus. They used to go from town to town and put on shows in the big top and all that, all that stuff. And I know there aren't many circuses around anymore, but it used to be, back in the day, even in my little hometown of Wacon, Iowa, a few times when I was a kid, the circus came to town. And it was a big deal, with acrobats, the big top tent, tigers and lions, and even elephants. And the way they tie up and secure an elephant at a circus isn't with a big cage like they have for the tigers. They secure the elephants with a little wood stake in the ground and a small rope tied to one of its back legs. And if you walk past the elephant, then they could do that between shows, and he's standing there eating his lunch or eating some hay or whatever it is with his trunk. I'm sure I wasn't the only person to think to myself, why doesn't he just walk away? Why doesn't he just pull up that stake out of the ground and walk? That elephant weighs seven or 8,000 pounds, and they're obviously strong enough to pull up that stake. Why is he stuck? Why doesn't he walk away and go free? And the reason the elephant doesn't do that is because it doesn't try. Because when the elephant is young, when the elephant's a little baby elephant, they tie it up with a chain anchored in cement. And as hard as that young elephant pulls on that chain, he can't break free. He can't break the chain that's anchored in cement. And eventually it causes pain and it conditions its mind. It wires its mind so that when he's older, they don't need cement and a steel chain. They only need a wood stake and a piece of rope. And when the elephant is tied up, he thinks he can't break free. If he does start to walk and he feels a little pull on his back leg, he stops. He doesn't want to experience the pain he remembers. He thinks he can't get free because of his memories of the past. So the truth is, the full-grown elephant isn't stuck by the rope and the wood stake. He's stuck because of his mind. He's stuck because of what he believes to be true. It's not true, he can break free, but that doesn't matter because he believes a lie and he doesn't try. And many of us are living our lives today stuck in the same traps, similar lies that we believe to be true, not experiencing freedom because of the bondage that deception has put on our beliefs. But, but we can change that. God says you're not stuck. God says you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's some practical steps to renew your mind, to rewire your thinking. Five steps today that can change your life and change your destiny by changing your mind. Step one is to know God's voice. Know what he's like. Know how he talks to you. Know what God says. 
One of the reasons it's important to read God's Word, to read the Bible, is to know how He talks, to know His heart, to know His nature. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So ask yourself these questions about God your Father. Is He an encourager or a discourager? Does He say, be fearful? Or does He say, do not fear, be strong and courageous? Does He say, you can't? Or does He say, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength? Does he say, it's not possible? Or does he say, with God, all things are possible? And once you know God's voice and how he talks to you, you'll gain what's called discernment, which is knowing one person's voice from another. A little baby, a tiny infant, just weeks old, knows its mother's voice. Eventually, it knows its father's voice too, but it's comforted most by its mother's voice. And Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep know my voice and they know I love them. They trust me. They know I'm a good shepherd. We need to know God's voice and we need to know the enemy's voice. We need to know the voice that isn't God. So when we hear a thought, the first thing we think is, is that God? Is that how God would talk to me or is that the enemy? Step two is identify lies and strongholds. Once we know God's voice and how he talks and his nature, identify where and how we've been deceived. Identify the biggest, strongest, darkest strongholds that are holding you back in life and keeping you stuck. Things that you believe about yourself that don't match what God's word says about you. Negative things you hear in your mind or believe in, about yourself that God says something different. Things like, I'm not good enough. You got to know that God never talks to us that way. Things like, I always struggle with whatever. I can never whatever. I always blank when I blank. Like I always choke when I'm on, under pressure. I always ruin it when I'm in a good relationship. What are the things you say to yourself or believe about yourself? When we were very, very young, when we were in our childhood, our brains, our brains start to form pathways, connections, the way we're wired with what are called neuropathways. The part of our brain that has a thought connects to the part of our brain that makes a decision. And a path from one part of our brain to the other is formed. It's called a neural pathway. And it becomes like a trail, like a rut, that connects the thought part of our brain to the action part of our brain, the decision part. And the more we use a path, the more likely we are to use that path again in the future because we already have a connection. It's like if you have a grass lawn and you always take the same route to get from one point of your yard to another part, eventually you'll see a path in the grass. That's what a neural pathway is. A connection in our brain that connects the thought part to the decision part and over time has formed a path, a worn path. And the only way to form a new path is to make an intentional decision not to take the old path, to stay off the route you've taken so many times in the past, to stay out of the ruts in our mind. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul tells us to renew our mind, to change our thinking, because if we can change our thinking, we can change our futures. In other words, we can't change our futures if we don't change our minds and our thinking and how we connect our thoughts and our decisions and our actions. Step three is replace the lie with the truth. Step three is when you identify a lie from the enemy, something you know isn't true because it doesn't line up with the word of God and what God says, replace that thought with the word of God. Replace that thought with the truth because the truth is the only antidote for a lie. 
That's so important. I'm going to say it one more time. The truth is the only antidote for a lie. When something happens and you have a thought or a feeling or an emotion caused by the thought, like worry or fear or anxiety or whatever, find a verse in the Bible that says the truth about that issue. What does God say about this? And start forming a new path in your brain based on that truth. Replace the lie with the truth. Start the process of rewiring your brain. For example, if you don't feel safe, say to yourself, I don't feel safe, but God is my fortress, my shield. He is my strong tower, and I know that he will never leave me or forsake me. And start forming a new path in your mind until your mind is renewed. Too many of us let our thoughts run wild. We let our thoughts run free. Our thoughts run amok. I just like that word, amok. We think or act like we can't control our thoughts. But the Bible instructs us to take our thoughts captive, arrest them, interrogate them, lock them up until you know they're true and from God. And if the thought is true, if it lines up with the word of God, let it proceed, allow it to stay. But if the thought is not true, not good, not beneficial, not healthy for you or your future, kick it out, bind it up. Say, lie, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Throw it out. Don't allow it to stay or linger or impact your decisions or your life. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Step four is rewire your brain. The pathways you have now might be strongholds because of how long you believed them. The path is deep. It seems like it can't change or you can't change, but once again, that's a lie. That's not true. You can change by the power of Jesus. It might be miraculously quick or it might take time. Either way, you can change. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what lives you believe to be true. I know that in cases like abuse or trauma, some of those things we believe are very deep and painful and it's not our fault. Some of the things we believe are based on mean or cruel things people have done or said to us, and they're painful to think about. I get it. I understand that. But there is a way to freedom. There is a way to break the bondage. As strong as the stronghold might be, there is nothing too strong for Jesus. You have to believe that because that's the truth. The truth can set you free. To rewire your brain, you've got to say it, write it, meditate on it, speak it, think it, even if it has to be intentional thinking at first, even if it doesn't come naturally yet, think it consciously for as long as you need to until you form a new path in your brain, until you renew your mind, until it's natural and part of you and the new way of who you are and how you think. Say it, write it, meditate on it over and over and over and over again. Every time you face an old thought, stay off the old path. Intentionally stay off the old path. You're making a new path. Stay on the new path. Don't give up. Don't think you can't. Don't think you can't change or it's not possible. You stand firm. This is too important. You keep standing on God's word. Keep standing on the truth. Keep standing on what he says and what he says about you until you rewire the way you think and you renew your mind. Step five is live the truth. This one might be the hardest because it takes action. It takes a new way of making decisions. It takes behaving in a new way and living in a new way. When we are truly free, we will live our lives daily by what God's word says about us, not by what we used to believe about ourselves. There's a difference between knowing the truth and believing the truth and living the truth. Sometimes we say, I know what God's word says, but I'm having trouble believing it for me. 
True freedom is knowing what God's word says and believing it for ourselves and living it in our lives daily. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You in that statement means you, not just someone else, not just other people, you. Let me close with this today with giving you some resources. If today you say, I want to change, I want to rewire, I'm not sure I know how, I'm not sure I know where to begin, that process can start today. One, you can get a book like Craig Rochelle's book, Winning the War in Your Mind, which is new, or you can pick up Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind, which is a classic. Either way, start putting those thoughts and, and re rewiring into your brain. Two, if you live in Central Florida near Illuminate Church, sign up for our next Finding Freedom one-day class. It's the third Saturday of each month at the church office led by Pastor Drew and his team. It's worth it. It's a great place to start. You can register for that online. Third is pray and ask God for the help. He's, he is for you. He is rooting for you. He'll do what only he can do. Ask him, what lies do I believe? And listen for the Holy Spirit to reveal wisdom to you. Change isn't easy. In fact, it's easier not to change. I know that. And sadly, many people go to their graves with their mind negatively wired from when they were a child. But I can guarantee you and I promise you it's worth it. You have an amazing future, an exciting future, and a future full of hope. No one is beyond hope. It's never too late. You can start to rewire. You can start renewing your mind. And you can start living based on the truth of God today. Jesus is the truth. And because he is, you are. If anything I said today spoke to you or affected you, if you said, that's me, I know I believe some lies about myself, I want to change, I want to rewire, I want to encourage you, it can happen, and it will happen in Jesus' name. It may happen in a moment or it might take time, but start that process today. And God wants you to be free and live in the truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Thank you for being with us today. We're so glad you joined us. We hope you have a great week. We hope you have a changed life. God bless.